I could make an entire team of money picks this week, but I won't do, do that. Do it, you coward. Do it. Boy, do the BC Lions all of a sudden look like a tough out. And with their season on the line in week 18, how much are we looking at Mike Riley and that BC Lions team to potentially get us over the hump? Welcome to the week 18 edition of the CFL Fantasy Podcast presented by Leo Vegas. It's crazy. We are almost at the end of the year, but you still have time to get your rosters in cflfantasy.tsn.ca. You're still playing for that championship ring and a trip to the Grey Cup in Calgary in November. This week we're talking about a new quarterback in Ottawa. We're talking about Chris Streveler and Logan Kilgore and their struggles at quarterback. Perhaps a running back change in Edmonton and a new star on the rise in Calgary. All of that coming up this week. My name is Pat Steinberg. We've got Hannah Nordman and Jeff Creever with us as well. And Jeff, it's a big game. BC and Edmonton and this Lions offense is rolling all of a sudden. A really important game in, well, mid-October-ish for the BC Lions. Who would have thunk it? few weeks ago we were leaving this team for dead and yeah you you said it a really important game for the bc lions and mike riley going back to edmonton and that offense is hot right now we can finally say that mike riley looks like mike riley we talked about it in our predictions before the season this was our fantasy mvp i'm pretty sure it was consensus among the three of us uh, like the uh, andrew harris maybe being time. yeah i mean andrew harris being the closest but I think this is the one thing going into the year that the three of us agreed upon. Mike Riley, the fantasy MVP, didn't look like it. All of a sudden now, uh, starting to starting to come into form a little bit, this BC Lions offense. Uh, where are we this week, guys? With, with Mike Riley, um, with Deron Carter, with John White, with Brian Burnham. Uh, all these guys seem to be getting it done right now for the BC Lions. I like the BC Lions. Like, I, I This is a really interesting spot for them. Their season is truly on the line because if they don't win this game, their playoff hopes are done. They still aren't going to be guaranteed a playoff spot if they win, but at least they keep their hopes alive. They keep this role going. I'm, just, I'm really liking what we're seeing right now. We're seeing Mike Riley air the ball out. We're seeing him connect with receivers that we've wondered about all year long when they're going to really start to pop whether it's Shaq whether it's Brian Burnham whether it's Deron Carter I know the news about Lamar Durant isn't good so that's an unfortunate piece of news for the BC Lions but I I I like BC and and right now with the struggles that Edmonton's having they're having trouble sustaining drives looks like they're making some changes offensively I'm really curious as to what this game looks like and I think it's got the potential to be a somewhat high scoring game so I, I certainly think that the way BC's playing right now the way this offense is rounding into form if you're a Burnham fan if you're a Riley fan if you are looking at maybe some of the other lower cost options at receiver they're, they're definitely even John White at running back's been a really solid play lately uh, there's some really good options on this Lions team right now yeah because these two teams have struggled their prices are pretty low in comparison to where you would expect it Brian Burnham's up there, but really everybody else, Riley is lower than you would expect. A bunch of the Eskimos are a bunch lower than you would expect. If you think this game is popping off, you can get a ton of high-quality players for pretty cheap when it comes to this game. I'm not so sure this is going to be a shootout. I see two defenses that can also get the job done, and I see a struggling Eskimos offense uh, that's missing Trevor Harris with Logan Kilgore at the helm. However... However, I really like what this Lions offense is doing right now, and I think BC has the edge going into this game. I can honestly say that uh, even on the road, even given what happened earlier in the season when Mike Riley and the Lions had a nightmarish visit to Edmonton against that defensive line. Hey, the Lions are doing things right. Mike Riley's not getting pressured. John White has been an absolute beast at running back, uh, both on the field and from a fantasy perspective. And I still think without Lamar Durant, uh, that, that duo of Brian Burnham and, and now Deron Carter starting to step up, I still like that. Now, to me, here's what takes the cake. It's, it's Mike Riley and Brian Burnham because those two together have been terrific. And I know both of you, Pat and Hannah, 
were incredibly high on Brian Burnham coming into the season, getting to play with a quarterback like Mike Riley for the first time in his career. And to your credit, it, it's been everything that we could have dreamed of. In fact, over the last five weeks, I've broken down the numbers uh, here in front of us. That's been arguably the best stack uh, in fantasy. Actually outperforming, uh, we're not talking pound for pound uh, dollars uh, for dollars, but from an overall points perspective, over the last five weeks, that Burnham-Riley uh, stack has been more productive than, say, a Braylon Addison-Dane Evans stack, who I'm sure many would have pegged as the number one stack right now. Uh, if you're trying to get Riley and Burnham on your roster this week, it's expensive, it's going to cost you, but is that something you feel pretty comfortable with? If you're getting the 70 points that they put up combined last week, but the week before, if you're only getting 35, 36 points from a duo that's costing you $21,000, $22,000, that's hard to make up for. Only if you feel really confident in this offense, in this game, that matchup, should you be doing it. The 50-point mark is pretty much where you have to be at if you want to have a productive week and you're spending that much salary on two players. Well, no, just uh, just to clarify there, uh, 72 being the ceiling, uh, 35 being the floor, and the average is somewhere in between with three uh, other weeks where Burnham and Riley uh, have combined somewhere in the 40s. So the average works out to be about 50 points a week. I just think that with Durant out and probably not coming back for the rest of the year, it just locks Burnham in even more as the no questions asked number one target. Not like there were a lot of questions to begin with, but I, I, it is a safe stack. If you're willing to put that much money into two players, I have trouble doing that. I like to spread my team out a little bit more, but if you're okay doing that, it's, it's a pretty safe play. Like you can feel pretty good on a weekly basis going in with those two guys in your lineup. I will say this before moving on one person I would like to see get in that starting lineup is Ryan Lankford. And if he is in the lineup this week, I'll be keeping an eye on that BC Lions depth chart. If he's in the lineup in Lamar Durant's spot, if the Lions opt to go with an extra American in the lineup rather than Rashawn Simonize or, or Javon Katoy, uh, Lankford at a hair over $3,000 to me and his explosiveness and speed and ability to stretch the field with Mike Riley's strong arm, that's something I'll be really interested in as a bargain pick this week. So, really interesting stuff going on with the BC Lions. CFL Simulation has them at a 54% chance to make the playoffs, even though they have to win the rest of their games. The Eskimos have to lose the rest of their games. Uh, hey, stranger things have happened, and uh, the simulation on CFL.ca likes their odds. Uh, with that being said, Let's take a look at everything else that happened in an eventful week 17 across the CFL. Might as well keep talking about the BC Lions because they were outstanding in week 17. If you had Lions in your lineup and that blowout win over Toronto, you were happy. Brian Burnham continued the best season of his career. He took over the CFL's receiving lead 145 yards, not one, not two, but three touchdown receptions in that game against the Argos. 40 and a half points, highest total of the week, making him the ninth player this season to go over 40. Really good game for the Lions. Overall, Mike Riley, 32 points. Deron Carter, 22 points. John White, over 14 points. He was the top running back of the week. Riders receiver Shaq Evans pounded out a trio, uh, rounded out a trio, rather, of 30-point players. He hit 32. Really good performance against Winnipeg. Cody Fajardo had 21 points in a Riders victory. As for discounts, Josh Huff, very good. $2,500 investment, and he scored his first career touchdown, racked up 30 fantasy points in the process. Herji Mayala, 15. Good value in Ticats receiver Marcus Tucker had 10. As for disappointment and bus, James Franklin threw nine passes for the Argos but finished with zero points. Lamar Durant held to just a single point despite those 55 points. Jordan Williams-Lambert, Jake Wieneke, Devere Posey, James Wilder, Darrell Walker, William Powell, Devaris Daniels, all also letting fantasy owners down in Week 17. And as we take a look at our global leaderboard, another really big week for Western Willie. How does this guy do it? 136 and a half points, uh, which I, I believe I hit the 130s this week for the first time. And I was really proud of myself. I was really proud of myself. And then I, th and then I think, 
this is just a routine week for, for Western Willie. He's out here doing this every week, and it, it kind of brings you down a little bit. But uh, he had Brian Burnham, Josh Huff, and Dane Evans all in his lineup, putting up really big numbers for him. And congratulations to our Week 17 winner, Bradma, who had the trio of Burnham, uh, Huff, and Shaq Evans to go along with Mike Riley. So if you had those four players alone... It doesn't really matter who else you had. You you had uh, the type of week that you that you can only dream of. Uh, remember, you can compete against me, Pat Steinberg, and Hannah Norbin in our podcast league. Uh, we're under the public leagues. Take a look for us. And the race is really starting to heat up between the three of us, uh, thanks to my big week. Yeah, I'm going to brag about that while I can. Uh, Pat continues to lead the way with nearly 1,600 points. Hannah is second with... Uh, 1,555 points, and it's been a slow crawl, but I'm, I'm within nine points of Hannah for second, so I'm, I'm back in the same stratosphere, at least, uh, among the three of us as we compete with time running out for that uh, that coveted belt, I guess. We don't really have a, we don't have a real prize, a trophy or a belt or anything like that, but, uh, well, bragging rights. Let's turn it over to Hannah with the Fantasy Flash. All right, there's been a quarterback change in the nation's capital with Dominique Davis sidelined by injury. The Red Blacks will turn to Will Arndt, who will make his first career start on Friday in Toronto. Moses Madu may not get the start for Ottawa at running back. Canadians Brendan Galanders and Greg Jones could share time, according to Rick Campbell. John Crockett is at least a week away from returning. McLeod Bethel-Thompson is taking first-team reps for the Argos this week. It would appear he would get the start over James Franklin, who started the last two games. Drew Walitarski has returned to practice for the Bombers, though Darvin Adams missed a second straight day. Check back on the Bombers' top receiver before starting him. Some bad news for the BC Lions this week. It appears receiver Lamar Durant has suffered a season-ending injury. No word yet on who will replace him in the lineup. And in Edmonton, Greg Ellingson, CJ Gable, and Tavon Smith have been missing from practice this week. It's believed Greg Ellingson will play, while CJ Gable has been ruled out and will be replaced by Shaq Cooper at running back. All right, today was the trade deadline, and... I don't know about you guys, but I was sitting in front of a computer all day waiting for trades to happen. Trade Center, CFL style, and well, I think it might have been uh, 4.59 Eastern Time, a minute before the deadline, that Zach Caleros ended up being traded from the Argos to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Probably not fantasy relevant this week, because Zach, uh, you'd assume off the hop, is going to be a backup to Chris Strevler, but... Nice move for the Bombers because it gives them a little bit of insurance. More on their situation later. Let's talk about the Argos because now that Zach's out of the picture, uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson's still there, James Franklin still there. There were some trade rumors around those two. And based off early practice reports, it seems like McLeod Bethel-Thompson is going to be back in the chair as the Argos starter this week. A lot's gone wrong in Toronto. We saw the move they made firing Jim Pop, uh, bringing in Pinball to be the GM. That's a 2-12 and football team. Do we blame quarterback play the most for what's gone wrong with the Argos this season? I just feel like there has been so much dysfunction in Toronto. It is hard to pinpoint one area in particular. Now, I will say that I found the decision to go away from Bethel Thompson a few weeks ago a little strange because for me he's been one of the bright spots especially over the last month and a half or two months there so I was a little surprised when they went away from him after one bad one bad half going back to him I think is the way to go he has shown that he is the, the better of the two guys in that offense right now so I think he's an interesting play this week against an Ottawa team that uh, is definitely susceptible. Um, but yeah, I, I think quarterback play is a part of it. But look, there's been so much dysfunction all over the place. I mean, defensively, they've had issues. Uh, they There's been the whole conversation about what is James Wilder's role there. Earlier in the year, Jeff, we were talking about why isn't Darrell Walker getting the type of opportunity that he deserves. There's a lot of things that have gone wrong with the, Hamil- with the Toronto Argonauts this year so I, I don't think it's just the quarterback play but I, I do think that you know they've been better under McLeod Bethel Thompson no doubt yeah I'd agree with that and I, I'd feel better about fantasy plays with McLeod Bethel Thompson at the helm as well even if he doesn't get the wins he gets some good point totals out of his guys 
out of his game. Um, but I don't think there's one exact area that you can pinpoint and say, hey, if they fix this, they'd be a winning team or they'd be a playoff team because I think there's a lot of dysfunction in that organization right now. Well, I think we can safely say next season this is a team that's going to look a lot different. James Franklin, uh, James Wilder Jr., possibly McLeod Bethel-Thompson, possibly S.J. Green, Darrell Walker. I don't know if any of these players are going to be Toronto Argonauts next year. For this week, what I'm interested in, my takeaway is if McLeod Bethel-Thompson's back in, I look at what the Argos did the last time they played the Ottawa Red Blacks, which was in Week 13, and the Argos put up 46 points, uh, 457 net yards, and 60 offensive plays. Because every week we talk about picking on Toronto. We talk about picking on Ottawa. And I think, Hannah, you, you really hit that point on all of a sudden how different this offense could look with McLeod Bethel-Thompson based on what it's done in previous weeks. James Wilder had 30 points the last time these two teams met. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, 25. S.J. Green, 21. Darrell Walker, 20. Uh, Rodney Smith, 16. That that was a really productive day for the Argos. Uh, Pat and Hannah, do you think we see a repeat of that this week? And do you think those values of the Argo players, their salaries, which have come down based on the team's performance the last couple of weeks, do you still look to pick on the Red Blacks this week? I do. I've got, I've got Darrell Walker... Uh, almost locked into my lineup right now. I'm I'm considering going with McLeod Bethel Thompson as well. It's a little bit more difficult with some of the decisions this week. It's a hard week to set your lineup. I'll say that much. But uh, yeah, I I do like that matchup. And I look. I think I think Bethel Thompson has impressed more often than not over the last couple of months. And when he's played well, Darrell Walker's played well. So I I, I do like the potential of that stack this week too. Yeah, the Argos are not a team that I'm shying away from. There was a good, I don't know, month of the season where McLeod was really on a roll where if you locked in three or four Argos players, you were getting 100 points every week. And up against a Red Blacks team that has struggled more than anyone else this year, I don't see that being a bad play this week. All right, a new quarterback for the Red Blacks this week. It'll be Will Arndt at the helm, not to be confused with Will Arnett, Jeff uh, wanted me to clarify. Imagine this is a Jeff joke. Bojack Horseman. I'm not putting this the booze a, in for me. This isn't just a me joke. Everybody loves Bojack Horseman. Come on. Bojack Horseman <laughs> is an iconic show of our generation. I'm telling you. You look back in 10 or 15 years from now, and it will be... I, it'll be incredible. It will. I, I'm not going to compare it to the Seinfeld of its time, but I think it'll be up there. For me, it's up there anyway. Yeah, I think that's a little far, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge BoJack fan. The final season is a two-parter. Part one comes out in, what, like a week and a half? I'm counting down. Are they just going to release all of the episodes at once? No, they're doing some in October, some in February. Yeah, but in two, in two waves. Yeah, well, it is important. Yeah, two and big chunks. I'm just picturing BoJack Horseman as quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks right now because this this would be an incredible twist in the season, and uh, well, I, I just I can only imagine the the scrums and the post game interviews and the drama and it would just be terrific. But Will Arnt, uh, not Will Arnett, who by the way is Canadian. So if Will Arnett did ever decide to come and play quarterback for Ottawa, he'd be uh, he'd be a Canadian icon himself there. But uh, Will Arnt, I. I don't know. I I'm ex- I'm I'm interested in this because it wasn't working with Jonathan Jennings. I am. I, I like new quarterbacks, and I heard a, I heard an interesting story about Will Hunt. I, I heard that he came to Canada uh, even before he was in the CFL to play in a semi-pro league to get used to the rules and and to work on his game. And and I, I just think that he he's been around for a little while there in Ottawa trying to develop his craft and. Sometimes these stories, they just come to life and and these quarterbacks end up becoming something. And this is an opportunity where there's no real pressure on him. And and the Ottawa Red Blacks have struggled so much. He's got some playmakers there. I want to see Will Arndt come out there and ball this week. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm always a little um, wary of starting a guy I don't know a whole lot about uh, in 
in a game his first start in the CFL. Like it's it's probably not something that I'm looking at. I mean, the matchup if you are a little bit less risk averse and and you're okay with going down that road or you're looking to make up some points or something like that. I could see you giving it a try because the matchup's okay. It's against an Argos team that is susceptible in itself, and this could be a game that lends itself to some high scoring. But I'm I'm not looking at it uh, as as a real option this week. It's it's not something that I'm going to do. But I can understand if you're like, well, you know, it's a cheaper option. It's the cheapest starting quarterback option you're going to find in Week 18. I guess I can understand it from that perspective. It's not a bad matchup anyway. How many points does he have to score to to make a five thousand dollars quarterback worth it? Well, the, 15? yeah, this, exactly. This is the discussion we've had about these $5,000 guys. The same thing about Logan Kilgore a few weeks ago. I think 15 is reasonable, but at the same time, you're setting your lineup and it's hard to get excited about a quarterback getting 15 points, right? If you're saying, yes, if you're breaking down the dollar spent, you're saying, hey, that's not bad, but it's really hard to look at that and, and say this is going to give me uh, to produce a really, really big week for me in fantasy. Yeah, you certainly can't expect a, a, a high-level performance. I, I don't think the salary could be low enough for me to take a quarterback playing his first game. Well, hey, give me a $3,000 quarterback, I'll say yes. But where I stand is <laughs> I, I'm with you, Hannah and, and Pat. Uh, I, I like to take risks with this kind of thing. And if he's playing the whole game and he can he can hit his floor, uh, it's interesting to me. But there are just too many other good quarterbacks out there right now to take a risk on a guy that uh, we don't know what he's going to do. Uh, we don't know what he's going to do. And that offense has struggled this year. Uh, I, I still think that there's some upside in guys uh, like R.J. Harris, uh, like Brad Sinopoli, uh like uh, Arujo Lopes, uh, Rafael Arujo Lopes. That's a, that's a hard one to get used to saying. Um, by the way, I had to look up this story about the semi-pro league. I wanted to make sure I wasn't just making it up, but thanks to uh, Troy Gillard who pointed it out on Twitter. He said, three years ago, Will Arndt uh, was starting games for Fort Mac in the Alberta Football League. This week, he is starting a game in the CFL. So um, didn't totally make that fact up. Uh, and best of luck to Will Arndt because, you know, the Argos defense does rank at the bottom of the barrel in almost every major category. So if you're feeling risky, stack them up with, with R.J. Harris or, or um, Brad Sinopoli or one of these other Red Blacks receivers. And, uh, hey, you, you might get some value there and it could work out for you. It would be a bold play, that's for sure. Game two of the Friday doubleheader, Rough Riders Stamps. And we talked about it last week. Bo Levi Mitchell's play in Montreal, not always a good thing. Actually, more often than not, not a good thing. But last week he threw for 464 yards, the second highest total of his career. Were you encouraged by that? How are we feeling about Bo uh, this late in the season? It was certainly encouraging that they were able to play a decent game in Montreal, all things considered. I mean, Calgary probably should have won that game if they were able to hold on to the football. So it was uh, some ill-timed turnovers that really was their undoing in that game on Saturday. Yeah, I I think that you're encouraged about the performance. The the thing about the game against Saskatchewan is that I just, I don't know if I love the matchup. That, That defense in Sask is really starting to trend in the right direction and has been for quite some time. So as a result, I don't know if... There's there's a lot of high-priced quarterbacks. So there's not a lot of value quarterbacks this week. So unless you're going to go down the road that we just talked about, you're probably going to be having to spend between eight and 10000 regardless, if not more. If you're thinking about that and, and you're comfortable with that, at least it's promising on the Bo Levi front. But I still, this is not the most favorable matchup for a lot of yards. This one seems like a real chess match between the Stamps and the Riders. So I don't know if I'm loving a ton of the fantasy plays, uh, especially from a higher price standpoint this weekend. That's a fair point, you know, about how... The Stamps had a pretty good game offensively and the fumbles cost them because a lot of people kind of came out and said, well, you know, they didn't put up the points and the offense went to sleep in the second half. And no, it's costly turnovers. And to, to the Alouette's credit, I mean, Bo Lacombo with those hits this year is just incredible. There's something about the name Bo in football, eh? It's just like these guys are good. Bo Lacombo, Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, there's another Bo I'm missing, obviously. Uh, Bo Jackson. Uh 
you know, it's I was encouraged by the performance of Bo Levi Mitchell. To me, that's what stood out to me. Uh, not the points that they scored because he threw for 464 yards, but more than that, he for the first time this season. And especially since the injury, he looked like the old Bo Levi Mitchell. He was really sharp. Uh, that pass to Josh Huff on the corner out was just a thing of beauty. Uh, and there were a lot of really nice passes from Bo Levi Mitchell in that game. So, yeah, tough matchup against the Riders. Uh, but I, I am interested in some Stampeders this, this week. And uh, Josh Huff, we'll talk about in a bit, he's still got a good price tag. And if Bo's starting to feel it, this is a really big game for first in the West. I think he's going to come to play regardless of the matchup. Yeah, I was going to say, Pat, if you don't like the higher-priced options, you must like the lower-priced option that Jeff has been on since he became a starter, Josh Huff, finally getting his breakout game 30 points last week. Is that kind of a, a must-start at this point? He was good, and I, I, I know that he's been somebody that, that, Jeff, you've been putting in your lineup for a few weeks and, and finally was able to, to pay off for you. And, and it's a talented guy and, and still very inexpensive at just over $3,500. Almost qualifies as a money pick for this week. So, yeah, I think he, in terms of a lower-priced item, just because – I think there's some trust there with him and Bo, and I think the Stampeders liked with what they saw from him. I think that he's a guy that probably gets some targets. Even if the matchup isn't great, you still get some decent targets, and that probably makes $3,500 go pretty far. A minimum of five targets in every game that Josh Huff has started for the Stampeders. So uh, you like the consistency. and To me, he's, he's kind of emerged as that third part of a three-headed monster at receiver that the Stampeders were missing. And and some suggested, hey, maybe Calgary goes out and gets a Darrell Walker today. Uh, or if you're listening on Thursday, uh, before the trade deadline on Wednesday. That obviously didn't happen. And I don't think they needed to go and make a big splash at receiver like last year uh, when they went out and got Chris Matthews or, or Bakari Grant because I think they do have a lot of trust in Josh Huff and I think they do put a lot of trust in the young receivers uh, that they develop internally, ones that we've seen with their track record over the years turn out to be really successful. I think Huff has all the tools uh, to be that next guy and they're using him in such a variety of ways in that Calgary offense. He's going to get his touches against the Riders this week. Uh, so I still feel pretty good about Josh Huff at his current price tag. The Riders punted on eight of their first 11 possessions against Winnipeg. And this is a matchup that we build as probably pretty low scoring. It turned out to be that 21-6, the final. But he still pulled off 20 fantasy points. Fajardo has been effective not only in fantasy, but also in real life. How do we feel about him against a tough Calgary defense this week. Do we feel like it's going to be more of a 20-point week or more like that 37-point week he put up recently? I think it's going to be really tough. Uh, Going into a matchup at McMahon Stadium in Calgary uh, with the Stampeders coming off a loss, this is Cody Fajardo's first year as a full-time starter in the CFL. To me, that's a matchup I'm shying away from. I'm a little scared of that one. And I I think the floor is still pretty good. He's going to run around and get his yards. Even last week, I was getting frustrated watching the game. I had Fajardo in my lineup. And if not for that deep ball to Shaq Evans, he would have had a pretty rough outing against the Bombers in a secondary that we thought could be exploited. So, yeah, Cody Fajardo's had a real breakout season, but... I still think he has yet to prove that he's an elite, uh, consistent, top-end fantasy option among the quarterbacks in this league. The thing that can make you feel comfortable if you are feeling good about Fajardo, like for me, I, I'm shying away from high-priced guys in this matchup just because I, I think the game script is going to be one that doesn't necessarily play into a really strong week for fantasy. But if, you, if you're really liking uh, Fajardo, if you think that, yeah, you know what, this is, a, this is a guy I really want in my lineup, we'll give you something that maybe gives you a little bit of encouragement. And that's the fact that he is a consistent threat to give you a rushing touchdown. And knowing how uh, valuable those are for quarterbacks in our league, the fact that 
in only four games this year, Fajardo does not have a rushing touchdown. That's that's a pretty nice floor to get to. So that would be like I'm with you. Like I'm not starting him. I'm shying away from this matchup. I think it's going to be tough on both sides. But if you're wanting to put Fajardo in there, at least you can be comfortable with the fact that yeah, the Riders will probably be in the end zone a few, the red zone rather a few times. And where when they're in the red zone, more often than not. Fajardo is going to make a play either throwing or running the ball in for a touchdown, which can give you a little bit more confidence. We seem to have this debate every single week, but we're there after a it's it. it's 32 settled. point performance. <laughs> is it over? No more Jack debate. Evans. Is he the guy? It is. He is. You're naming him. He is. You're crowning I'm him. I'm crowning him. And, I, and I've said this before that I, I believed this would happen and I saw the transformation. Uh, I don't think it's a debate anymore. I mean, Kyron Moore hasn't been consistent enough. Naaman Roosevelt hasn't been consistent enough. Jordan Williams-Lambert, I think, will be a big guy uh, soon. But he had one catch, and the Riders used him as their field wideout last week. Well, not a lot of footballs go out there on, on any CFL team. So, to, to me, until they really start to feature Jordan Williams-Lambert in the slot, uh, and make no mistake, I think that's the eventual one-two punch with Shaq Evans and Jordan Williams-Lambert. But until that happens, yeah, Shaq Evans is such a dynamic receiver. And he gets separation. He gets open. He does the, uh, He gets the yards after the catch as well. Uh, to me, this is one of the more well-rounded receivers in the entire Canadian Football League with room to grow. And as he continues to build chemistry with Cody Fajardo, uh, I would feel really, really comfortable rolling Shaq Evans out, even as my wide receiver won every week, which compared to some of the bigger price tags, you're getting a little bit of a deal there still uh, when you put him next to guys uh, like Brian Burnham and Darrell Walker uh, and Reggie Bagleton and, and the likes. My biggest takeaway is that you do not seem bought in on the other guy at all. You, you, now, I, I might be wrong on that, but it does not sound well, who's like you're the other guy? bought in on Kyron Moore. Well, Kyron Moore, you do not seem like you're uh, you're you're bought in there at all. I don't. I don't think Kyron Moore uh, has had anywhere near the role that Shaq Evans has had, and it's no disrespect to Kyron Moore because. He's a he's a little water bug in, in the sense that you get that guy the ball in space and he can turn any touch into a touchdown. I just don't think the Riders are getting him involved in the offense that way. I think about uh, you know the way the Argos used to use Chad Owens, right? Back when he won uh, Most Outstanding Player, where he was getting double-digit targets every single week, uh, even on those one-yard passes. To me, that's where Kyra Moore uh, has his best value. But I go down the list... And I'm seeing too many weeks where Kyer Moore has been targeted three times, uh, four times, uh, five times or fewer. And that scares me because he just hasn't been featured in the Riders offense uh, the way you would expect for a player of his talent. For the record, I agree with you that the the number one option in Sask is still Shaq. I, I think he is. I think that he is an elite receiver. The thing about Kyron Moore is that he does have a more attractive salary, and if you're willing to live with the boomer bust and you can get it right, he's still capable of busting off a big game. And even with Williams Lambert in the fold, I still believe that. However, yeah, I think the safer pick, it's why he's more expensive, is Shaq Evans. And and I think that he's he's the type of guy that can give you a pretty solid floor. That guy is a heck of a receiver. So I, I agree with you for the record. I do think Evans is the guy. I just I still think there's some value in a guy like Kyron Moore. All right, that wraps up our Friday doubleheader. Saturday kicks off with Montreal in Winnipeg. And we talked about the Alouettes struggling secondary last week. Bo carved them up for almost 500 yards, as we mentioned. So does this matchup have bounce back written all over it for Chris Strebler? His best performance of the year was in Montreal, where he got nearly 36 fantasy points. Yes! That's it. That's the answer. Yes. <laughs> That's it. You're very definitive with your answers this week, at least. Uh, well, You're nothing if not definitive. I've had a couple of long rants, but yes, I, I am pretty definitive, uh, if not to the point. You know what? I, I think that Chris Trevler bounces back in a big way. Uh, that Alouette secondary is still finding its way, and I know people are pumping up the Owls' defense, but it really has been a struggle, uh, especially since Siante Evans got injured. And a, a lot of opportunities for those Calgary receivers last week and, and the way that Bo played, 
Add to that the pressure that Chris Streveler is now feeling. He's won two of his six starts since Matt Nichols got hurt. The Bombers just went out and got Zach Caleros, which that's that's sort of the break glass in case of emergency scenario, right? I mean, Zach Caleros probably not their starter, but if if Streveler gets hurt or really starts to tank and plays terrible, uh, they could turn to Zach at some point down the road. But I think Chris Trevler really needs a bounce back week. And he's got the arm to do it. He can attack down the field. He's shown some chemistry uh, with Kenny Lawler. He's starting to get on the same page with Darvin Adams a little bit. And I think you're going from the Riders as an opponent to facing Montreal at home in a game you really got to win. Yeah. Also... Anytime you're inside the five, Chris Traveler's running it in for a touchdown. Let's be honest here. So to me, uh, Chris Traveler is, is definitely near the top of my list of quarterbacks to start this week. It's interesting because it, I still have a tough time with wrapping my head around around Streveler. And it's it's hard because I, I am having a tough time separating Streveler, the quarterback in a real game, and Streveler, the quarterback in our game. And I need to keep reminding myself that this guy is a good fantasy option for you. And and I do think the matchup uh, is is one of the more favorable ones that he'll face. I mean, they've got a home-and-home home, uh, against Calgary coming up for the Bombers, and that's going to be a whole lot more difficult for them. And that's not even with any disrespect to the Alouettes, because the Owls still pulled out that win over the Stampeders, and they've been able to force some turnovers. It's just that they have been able to, or you have been able to as an opponent, team and as an opposing passing offense get some yards on them so I I do think if you're going to play Streveler this wouldn't be a bad week to do so Uh, and you're right he's much like Fajardo he's got that floor of one or two rushing touchdowns a week and and that gives him a ton of value too so yeah there's a there's a safe week to play Streveler I, I don't mind that play at all Another premier running back showcase in this one, but William Stanback averaging just 11.3 points per game since returning from injury in week 11. Up against that Winnipeg run D, are you looking at him to break out of his funk or are we still in the don't play running backs against Winnipeg camp? Well, I understand I don't know. a broken record because that's where <laughs> I, I, I'm still I'm still in the don't play running backs against Winnipeg camp, especially for a a high score or a high priced running back like Stan. I mean, look, William Powell, that's a high priced running back. He still ran for just 45 yards. I, I it's, I'm I'm still not touching it. I'm a little concerned about Stan back right now and his recent production. Nine points last week against Calgary 17.7 the week before uh but then saddled with a three-point week well 3.9 we'll call it four points uh in that game against the Bombers where granted he barely touched the football so uh to me this is there's red flags all around this guy this week against Winnipeg and and uh you remember the last time they played he touched the ball what a total of five times in that game so to me, that tells you what's on deck for these teams. It's going to be a lot of throwing the football. Well, Stanback only ran the ball five times because Vernon Adams Jr. stepped back to throw it 47. Woo! 53 of the team's 58 total offensive plays coming out of the hands of Vernon Adams. So do you expect that kind of volume from him? Is that a guy you should be looking at fantasy-wise? Because... I believe he is the most expensive quarterback in the game at this point in the year. And who would have seen that coming? That is a number. Wow. Is he not the most expensive player, period, in the game right now? He's at 11300 I think he's the most expensive player going. Yeah, he's about $200 more expensive than Reggie Bagleton. Yeah, and Brandon Banks usually uh, reserving that title for himself, but the Ticats on a bye this week. So I guess we can say, yeah, for the first time in a long time, we've got a new highest-priced player, and uh, it's Big Play VA. Remember when we were all sitting around yelling Big Play VA like a bunch of immature... uh, Well, actually, Pat wasn't doing it, so come to think of it, it was mostly just me, but... I think you got Pat to say it once. Yeah, 53 of 58 total offensive plays where Vernon Adams basically dropped back because also the six runs, six times he ran it, um, they weren't designed runs. They they were dropbacks and and Vernon Adams uh, improvising. I think that plays off what Pat was just talking about, how you don't run the ball against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Fantasy players, 
Scared to take running backs against the Bombers? I think teams in the CFL are just scared to run the ball against the Bombers. And usually you'd say being one-dimensional, taking that out of your game uh, is not conducive to success. But in a three-down game, if you're getting one or two yards on a first-down carry, you're putting yourself way behind the eight ball. So it makes a lot of sense. And hey, that recipe for success it clearly worked the last time these two teams played. So I see no reason uh, that, that there's not a repeat. Now, if you want to talk about William Stanback, I'm sure he'll get the ball on screen passes and the Owls will find different ways, uh, creative ways to get him the football. But, but if you're taking someone on that Montreal team, I think this is a really good week to go with Vernon Adams and some of those really talented and rather cost-efficient options in the Alouette's offense. I love Vernon Adams. I, I think that this guy is on the fast track to maybe being a most outstanding player in a few weeks' time when we get to that point. I Bold. and I love him in fantasy. I I, I, I vote. Hot in here. I vote. It's hot. I, he's getting my he's getting my vote. That's all I can. I can't talk for the rest of the voters, but I think he's going to get a ton of consideration, and he's getting my vote as it stands right now. So they look, give you a I, vote I, on that thing. They do. It was your choice. Uh, so you, you were the one who submitted me, I think. Um, I, I think that he's as safe a, uh, as safe a play as you're going to get. Um, I always shy away. I'm just $11,000 for a player. I get scared of that. But if you're not a scaredy cat, then, yeah, he's a safe play. And, and I like to play a lot uh, in, in a nice matchup, I think, for Montreal. The last matchup of the week is that BC-Edmonton game. We spoke a lot about BC off the top, but one note on Edmonton. Shaq Cooper looks like he will be playing this week at a reasonable salary. Jeff, what did you say Shaq Cooper's price is this week? Oh, man, I have to find it again? 4807. Okay, well, thank you, Pat. All I know is earlier today I was reporting on cfl.ca on the zach caleros news when i received a very angry text from pat steinberg saying where is shaq cooper (laughs) why isn't shaq cooper in fantasy well basically the way it works is a player has to be on the active roster uh to appear in the game and because shaq cooper has been on the eskimos practice roster uh on and off the eskimos practice roster he needs to be activated by the team, which will happen. Uh, the team has pretty much confirmed that Shaq Cooper is going to be the starter and C.J. Gable is out this week. So the process for that is the team probably activates him on Friday, the day before Saturday's game, and he'll be available at a price of, what did we say, around $4,800. $4,800. Uh, so keep yeah. that in mind. Uh, make space for him in your roster if you want him. And, hey, I, I can't recommend it enough. And I, I can already tell from Pat that he's got him in his lineup as well. Yeah, he's, uh, well, I won't give it away, but uh, he's locked into my lineup. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Whoa. Not, not Whoa. giving anything away, but. No, not at all. <laughs> not, nothing at all. Uh, I quite like the play this week. In, in Shaq's only start of the year, it was against a, a Toronto team that, you know, is, is I think was more susceptible then than BC is now, for sure. But touched the ball 22 times, a touchdown, and 128 yards. He added 48 yards through the through the air like his one start he was a beast and I know he's been on the practice roster for most of the season but I like this play a lot and BC you have been able to run the ball on them this year so uh, I I think if you are looking at a more cost-effective running back Shaq Cooper is going to be it under $5,000 for a running back who's going to be used at the top of the depth chart and an Eskimos offense that needs a run game. Yeah, I think he's a really good play, even if it's against the BC team that's playing much better football of late. Shaq Cooper, I've been talking about this guy all year saying the Eskimos need to get him in the lineup. Unfortunate, unfortunate that C.J. Gable gets hurt. Uh, and just before he gets to 1,000 yards rushing, I hope he gets back uh, and hits that milestone in back-to-back seasons. But Shaq Cooper's the real deal, I'm telling you right now. And he's going to be a focal point, especially with Trevor Harris out. He is going to be an absolute focal point in a must-win game against the BC Lions. Uh, Logan Kilgore's going to throw him the ball a lot. And with his explosiveness, you get him enough touches, you get him the ball in space... He's going to turn one of those into a long touchdown. I'm telling you, uh, 
uh, he may be he may be Pat's lock of the week. We'll find out. This is one of the locks of the year. I'm, and at that price, uh, running backs aren't cheap this week. Running backs are not cheap this week. I'm telling you, uh, really hard to get. Uh, two good running backs in your lineup. Uh, Shaq Cooper's a guy you want in your lineup this week. Look, if you're both locking him in and he puts up 30 points and I don't take him, I'm going to be kicking myself. So I feel like he's going to be pretty locked into all of our lineups this week. Uh, we've hit our three-minute warning. Three-minute warning now, or is it? It is the warning. This is where we make our money picks, our locks of the week, and... Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the toughest week for money picks that we've ever had in our two years, but we're going to give it a go. Jeff, I think you've got a money pick here, so I'm going to let you start. I've got like five money picks, Hannah. (laughs) Oh, so it's not hard, hey? (laughs) I could make an entire team of money picks this week, but I won't do that. Uh, Do it, you coward. Do it. There are also a lot of, uh, well, if I had a nice lead over you guys, I wasn't in last, maybe I'd consider it. Uh, there are a lot of guys in that like $3,600 area too, Josh Huff uh, and Kenny Lawler, who I'm not allowed to take, I guess, because of the rules. So, And they're both in my go, lineup too, but neither of them yeah, count. Yeah. Well, we've bent the rules before, so I mean, I won't hate you if you do it. Uh, but, but... If he plays, and check the depth chart because this is no certainty, but if he plays, Rafael Arujo Lopes is my money pick. Uh, had a really good game. The one game that he played this year, six catches for 57 yards. Rick Campbell said uh, he's hoping he'll be available. They seem to really like him. Uh, he has the same name of former Toronto Raptors draft pick and center Rafael Arujo, who is a huge bust. Uh, I think this is like the better side of the other Rafael Arujo. He's going to be a good receiver. And, hey, against, against the worst statistical defense in the CFL, I don't mind that dart throw. So, uh, Rafael Arujo Lopes, $2,500, Ottawa Red Blacks receiver. Just make sure he's in the lineup. I am also going with a true money pick at $2,500 from the football powerhouse of Raymond, Alberta. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Ralph of the Toronto Argonauts of the famed uh, Raymond football powerhouse uh, sorry, of the fame Ralph family. Uh, and I, you know what? I I like the way that he's been used, and I'm really curious about how he's used now with a new regime in Toronto and trying to see what they have with different guys. And I think this is going to be a pass-heavy game between Toronto and Ottawa. Ralph's at $2,500. If you can get three or four catches for him, even if he only goes for 25 or 26 yards, you're still getting decent return on a $2,500 pick. So I'll go Jimmy Ralph at $2,500 in Toronto. I'm going to take a page out of Jeff's book. He mentioned him off the top of the show, and I think BC could be primed for a big week. So at $3,000, Ryan Lankford fits in that money pick range. Totals have been low-ish. They've been around the five-point mark, but we've seen what he can do. He had a 23-point week earlier in the season. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying there's a chance. So Ryan Lankford, if you've got $3,000, you like what BC is doing, you might think about throwing him in. Time for our lock of the week. This is a player that will be in our lineup this week. Jeff, this has always been a rule, so uh, you can't go back on it. I know you've done it a couple times, but who are you locking in? (laughs) I can assure you I am not going back on this one. I feel very good about having Chris Streveler in my lineup as my quarterback. And we talk about Chris Streveler as a running quarterback. That's fair. He's done a lot of his damage on the ground. And it's like I said earlier, there's sort of that vacuum. Anything inside uh, 5 to 10 yards ends up being a Chris Streveler touchdown. Uh, Andrew Harris, fantasy owners, hate it every week. But this is a big week for Streveler, and I think he does something with his arm. I think he's got to challenge that Alouette secondary. Uh, he's showing a little more chemistry with Darvin Adams, uh, with Kenny Lawler, and... I think he beats him deep at least once or twice. I think we're talking about a really big game for Chris Streveler, both through the air and on the ground. Uh, possibly one of those one of those forty point weeks for Chris Streveler. I can feel it coming. This is this is a really big week for him. 
I'm going to go Shaq Cooper. I can't, uh, I can't look past that uh, price tag of under $5,000 for a number one running back. Uh, I can't look past what he did in his only start of the season, and I can't look past the skill set. The guy is a really, really talented running back, and I get why he hasn't been playing. C.J. Gable's huge for them in what they do in their overall offensive scheme, what he does for them blocking, so on and so forth. But with Cooper in and against a BC team that you have been able to run on this season, uh, I like that play a lot and uh, at just over $4,800 when he's put in the game uh, I'm all over Shaq Cooper as my lock of the week. I have been struggling with my lineup and what do you do when you're struggling? You go back to something that you think is a sure bet and I'm not used to locking in a guy with this amount of salary but when you're averaging 25 to 30 points a week over the last five weeks I feel comfortable throwing Brian Burnham in it's a big week for BC everything is on the line and I think this guy's going to get target after target. So Brian Burnham, I'm locking him in. I didn't have him last week, and I regretted it big time. So I won't be doing that again. Jeff, final thoughts, please. So a big week for the Argos and, and talking about them finding their franchise quarterback. You know who I think it should be? Tom Jumbo Grumbo. Because if we're going BoJack on the Red Blacks, I love Tom Jumbo Grumbo. The, the What is he, a whale on BoJack? Best character on the show. <laughs> Host of, uh, it's the anchor on MSNBC, but not like the letter C, like C as in under the C. Get it? Because he's a whale. There's a lot of puns in that show, and I think that's why you like it. <laughs> also voiced by Keith Olbermann, who's, who just has a terrific voice. We've voice you love to hear. We've spent a lot of time on a uh, very niche television show. Um, I would not... It's not niche. Uh, it's huge on Netflix. It is still a very niche television show. It's very niche. I, I, it's Seinfeld was niche yeah. too one day. I'm very telling you. Cult niche. following. It, it, it does have a cult following. It's just not a um, massive cult following. It's a great show. I've quite enjoyed the references. I just thought we spent a lot of time on it. Uh, that'll do it for the Week 18 edition, friends, of the CFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm in Pat's Bad Bugs. I spent too much time talking about BoJack Horseman. For more of your fantasy football fix, head on over to CFL.ca. A lot of great content. Uh, Daily Roto getting you set for the week with projections, rankings, uh, start and sit advice, all the fun stuff. And uh, the big performer of last week, well, one of the big performers, Shaq Evans, uh, with his one-on-one interview on The Waggle, presented by Sport Clips with Davis Sanchez and Donovan Bennett. Uh, A very fantasy-relevant edition because they debate some of the top receivers in the CFL as they get you ready for week 18. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to us every week. We're on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, or you can find us right on cfl.ca. That'll do it. Enjoy a couple of doubleheaders, two games on Friday, two games on Saturday, and some huge matchups. Some playoff uh, seeding could very well be decided or become close to decided when it's all said and done. Thank you very much to our partners at Leo Vegas. They present the CFL Fantasy Podcast. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter. Uh, Hannah's at HL Nordman, Jeff at Jeff Craver. I'm at Fan960 Steinberg. Until next week's edition, enjoy Week 18. It's been another edition of the CFL Fantasy Podcast.